0: So, now for some of you, you might you might feel like, "Hey, worship was so great. Why did we stop it?" Um, and I do believe that um, like there's something in it um, for us this morning. Because the thing is, we don't build around the things that look good and that feel great. And it's like that's not what what this is about. Uh, we build around the kingdom, we build around the Spirit of God, around His Word, Um, and sometimes even worship that is amazing, and it's like all gets us going, can sometimes be the thing that we kind of place our faith on to build us together, but that thing can't build us together, it's only the Spirit of God, and this morning... um, I really have a sense that the thing is that our lives don't change because of good preachers and uh, amazing buildings and good systems and community groups and worship that is great and song lyrics. No, no, no. Our lives change because of the work of the Spirit that's within us, the work of God that happens within us. That's what changes our lives. Amen? Amen. And that as the Spirit of God comes and it works in us, that's how we then respond in terms of church and family and worship and prayer. And it's we respond to the work that God is doing in us. And as He's doing a work in us, as we respond to that, there's change that happens in us. Amen? Because there's, I know it might feel like it, but there's no song, there's no preach that can change your life. It's the Spirit of God that comes and convicts, and that works in us. And this morning, I really believe um, that the word I have for us is a word from God. (laughs) Um, It's something that's been brewing in my heart for the last while, and through... Some of the apostolic voices has come into us as Josh Jane um, and us as H.M.A.M. I can sense that God is drawing like a, a, a golden thread that He's joining. And His heart is to take that golden thread and weave in each and every one of us as part of this tapestry, part of this family that He is binding us closer to one another, but also to Him. Amen. And so Ryan Kingsley spoke to us at the gathering, and he spoke about us opening up our homes. And in opening up our homes, being those examples and those testimonies, those living testimonies of who God is, what He has done, and how He has knitted us together. Like being those testimonies of family, those testimonies of people that's been given over to the, the kingdom and the plans and the purposes of God. I mean, and with that also we had, um, now forgot his name, Rodney, thank you. Rodney last week, um, we beautifully spoke about the Christian posture, but in that he gave a word to us as, as Josh and Edgmead, and he spoke on family, and how actually God's heart for us as I A.M. Like that's every one of us that are here this morning and part of this immediate local family. Yes, we're part of Chachin and we're part of the bigger kingdom of God. But for us here this morning, I believe the word that God is saying to us is he's called us to be that example of family. He's called for us, he's given us a special grace to express his heart and his ways of the kingdom, and how family works into the kingdom. And man, I like that when Rodney said it, it really struck my heart because it felt like you know, it was like a a wire that was a live wire that was touched in my heart because I, I really believe that that is something that's on my heart and something that I'm seeing in the Lord. But um, to hear the the prophetic come in and speak into it, I really do believe that we need to... We need to take great care of that and respond to that. Amen? And so this morning, I'm going to be kind of like ending off our series that we've been doing on the foundations, where we would preach on a Sunday, and then on the Wednesday, we will do the foundation video clip. And the last video clip is the one called the ABCs where Monet speaks about the ABCs. And um, we're not going to watch it, because this week there's no community, and the week thereafter, things are going to look a little bit different, and we'll give you more details regarding that. But um, I want to encourage us to go and watch that video clip on Foundations. On YouTube, it's on our 412 co- site, it's on YouTube, under the Foundations Start Year course. It's called the ABCs. Go and watch it in your own time. But I want to kind of end off with that because I believe it encapsulates and it carries the heart of what God has for us as Edge am, Amen? And so the title of my message this morning is this, and it's similar to one I preached in 2020, the title, but it's going to be very different, okay, the message. Um, And so it's the ABC of Jesus, you, and me in family, Okay. Sounds like I'm rapping. I'm going to be a very bad rapper because I am white, okay? I can't rap. (laughs) Um, White people shouldn't be rapping, okay? Just putting it out there. Get offended. That's okay. Okay, come speak to me afterwards. The ABCs of Jesus, you, and me in family. So what I want to start off this morning is I want to start off with the Word of God. Because I believe that sets the, it sets the precedence for everything. Um, I was having a walk chat with Shal yesterday. And we were chatting a couple of things. And I was so encouraged, Shaal, um, Just yes, I wanted to highlight you, bro. But I was so encouraged by what God is doing in your life. <laughs> Man. And Shaw said something that I felt like, man, this is only God that can do this. Shaul a year ago, started reading the Bible, um, like daily. And a year later, he's almost through the whole Bible. And man, I want to like celebrate it because I think it's amazing, bro. And it's not about, I know all of us read our Bibles, and you may have read through your Bible many times, But there's something in that where I think a daily devotion to the Word of God is of utmost importance for each and every one of us. And there can be no change that come in your life unless the Word of God falls onto your heart and changes you through the Spirit of God. Outside of that, it's just human thinking, human philosophy, and that will always end up in you being tired, you feeling like it's just not enough. You'll reach that goal and you realize, ah, I'm still left wanting. And so the Word of God is where we need to devote our lives to. And even if you just start with a little bit, and I mean, like, I think the dedication that it takes you daily just sit and read the Word, and he had this goal for wanting to read through the Bible in one year, I go like, man, Shaw, well done. So Well done, Shaw. So I want to encourage us. Let's do that. Amen. So we're going to start this morning, and we're going to start off in Ephesians 2, verse 13. Um, and so I'm going to read, and I want to encourage you this morning, um, I don't know, I'm going to try to keep my message as short as possible. Ulrich was very prophetic this morning when he said it's going to be a three-hour meeting. Uh, But I do believe I've got something meaty for us. And I'm trusting that we can get back into worship. And so I want to make it as brief as possible without compromising. Amen. So let's get into Ephesians 2. Verse 13. I'm going to read from verse 13 out of the ESV. But now in Christ Jesus... You who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For He Himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in His flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law and the commandments expressed in ordinances, that He might create in Himself one new man in place of two. So, making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And He came and preached peace to you who were far off, and and were pe- were far off, and peace to those who were near. Sorry, should have had more spacing in here. Um, for through Him we both have access. In one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God, built onto the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Christ Jesus Himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. And in Him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. We maybe close our eyes. Let's we'll read it again, verse 19. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. In whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you also are being built together into a dwelling place. For God by the Spirit. So Father I thank you that as we are here this morning. That you are building us together. You're building us together to you. You're building us together to one another. So that we all can stand as one before you on that day. It's the bride that is ushering in the bridegroom. And so I pray this morning, God, that you will come through your Holy Spirit. That you will illuminate to each and every one of us your word. And that in our hearts, God, that you will come and you will convict us of sin and of righteousness that there would be the opportunity for all of us here this morning to change and shift our hearts and our lives so that it would be examples of your grace, examples of your love, examples of your redemption, and the reconciliation that you've done in our heart to the world out there that is lost, lonely, broken, and still searching for it. So we trust in you, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, This morning, um, I'm not saying these things, and it's not just good thoughts. I want to encourage us with that. It's not just good thoughts, and I don't want you to hear what I'm saying this morning and interpret it with your, with your carnal mind. Amen? I want us to, to understand this morning that the things that we're going to be speaking out through and speaking about this morning, these things are spiritual realities, It's spiritual realities that should be received as spiritual importation and lived out with spiritual intentions through spiritual empowerment that comes with spiritual revelation given by the Holy Spirit. Okay, can I read that again for you? These are spiritual realities that should be received as spiritual importation and then lived out with spiritual intentions through spiritual empowerment that comes with spiritual revelation given by the Holy Spirit. Kevin this morning, without knowing, (laughs) spoke exactly the same thing. And I believe this morning that as we talk further into the Jesus, you and me and family It's important for us to not hear it from where we are right now. It's important not to just hear it through the lens of family that you know. Because the lens of family that you know, the lens of family that I know, even the lens of family that I am busy creating within my own family, is always going to come up short to what God's standard is of family. And so therefore, I can't say these things or hear these things or interpret these things with my own carnal mind. Because I'm always going to come up short with it. No, no, no. It's like we've got to step in in faith with God and allow His Spirit to speak into us. And as He speaks into us, to help us interpret and bring revelation to what He wants, how He wants it, and where to do it. Amen? And so that's why I'm saying this morning, this is spiritual realities. So don't m- try and understand it in a natural ability, because you won't be able to. And that's not me, Rian, thinking that I'm better than you, or, or that you can't, or that you're not clever enough. No, no, this is the scripture. 1 Corinthians two, thirteen verse 14. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit. Interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. For they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Amen? And so this morning, it's really important for me that we posture ourselves in the right way. So, I think here's one of the first bombs I'm bringing to us. Okay. So on my notes, I've got a big red block around it and go like NB, remember to remind people. NB, offense is coming. <laughs> okay, so listen to this. One of the places where I see most people get hurt in church is around the concept of family. You come into church... And as you come into church, your experience is people that are loving and people that are welcoming, asking you, do you want a coffee? I, where are you coming from? Where do you live? And there's like this amazing feeling and sense of being welcomed. I'm even just thinking of, of you guys and just some of the testimony that I've heard. Like you guys have been with us now, what, a better, bit more than a month, two months? And just the experience has been like amazing for how people have brought them in and that's great for me it's great that um this is our experience we had family of ours surprise us last week and um they came to the meeting and so and they in church and they know the lord and serve him um and even been in church leadership and so um i asked darren i said hey bro what was your experience of church this morning <laughs> um and one of the things that stood out for him, is was like he, he was amazed at how many people came to them, asking them what their names are, where did they come from, like just come and welcoming them. He said he's never felt so welcome anywhere. And I go like, that's amazing. But what it does is, and I'm not saying we need to stop doing it, okay? So you just hear me this morning. We need to continue doing it, but we need to continue doing it better and better. We need to grow in it. But what it does do is you come into the church and you've got this welcoming experience. But then when you come week two, week three, week four, all of a sudden that welcoming experience starts fading. Because we expect to find family. And I want to say to you here this morning, you cannot find family. That is a lie of the devil. That you find family, there's no such thing. So you come into the church, you want to be, well, you feel this a welcoming thing, and then you come back, and people start to get to know you, and they start chatting to you, and then all of a sudden you realise, but hey, like, what now? <laughs> But the problem is that God comes and He brings you in and He invites you in and we come and we invite you in. But then there's a place where this thing shifts and where it's not just you experiencing, but you need to now start adding to what is happening. And many of us get stuck on that place of we want things to happen to us. And they never realize, but actually there's something that we need to add to this. And as we add to this, we start finding a greater sense of belonging. A greater sense of being knitted together. But then we get offended and go like, ah, I don't, I don't know. This church is friendly, but man, I can't find family. People expect church to be a place where we find family. This is an attack of the devil. It's a lie. I'm sorry if I offend you. It's a lie that deceives so many to, play to a place of being disillusioned and disappointed with the church. Because even though they experience something of it in the beginning, they end up looking back and saying they don't find family. Family is not found. Family is built. And it's continuously being built. God comes and He gives us all the ingredients. And by ingredients, I mean me and you. And the gifts that He places in us. The Holy Spirit that He adds to us. He comes and He gives us all the ingredients to come and build family. And family that testifies of who He is, what He has done, what He wants to come and do, and that ultimately, as all these things are being built together, testifies of His glory. Not the good way of how people came to build church together and make this big family and make this wonderful community. No, 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 no. God wants the glory. Romans 8, 13 to 14 says this. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. So when we come into the church, somehow, some way, we kind of switch off that thing. And we think, no, those who live by the Spirit is actually the guys leading the meeting or the... No, 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 it's actually in the way that we interact with one another. We need to always be interacting with one another according to the Spirit of Christ that is residing within us. It's not a physical thing. It's not a thing of where we gather around our um, interests or we gather around our culture. I love am because we are not just a bunch of white people. We're not just a bunch of black people. We're not just a bunch of colored people. We're not just a bunch of any type of people. We're all people. Look around this room. Can you see one type? I can't. And that's what's beautiful. Because God has come for all people. There was a time that he had his people, which was the Jews or the Hebrews on that time. But then God said, hey, it's no longer just, it's for all. And it has always been for all. He just used them as an example of what his heart is and what his heart wants to be and what he wants to do. But I want to say to us here, like, we don't gather around these carnal things. We gather around the person of Christ that has reconciled you and me to him. And because he's done a work in me, and because he's done a work in you, it makes us one. See, it takes away, like that scripture we read in the the beginning, it takes away the hostility. The hostility between culture, the hostility between different people, different interests. Helen and myself, she's English, I'm Afrikaans. If not for God, there would be a whole lot of hostility. Because <laughs> we, com- we grew up in two completely different cultures. And so, but the fact that Jesus is in both of us causes us to live to more than just her being English and me being Afrikaans. Or even just the fact that I like her and she likes me. She really likes me. True, yeah, Yeah, you've got to say true, I'm joking. And it's important for us to understand this, because otherwise we come in, and we become part of church, and we become part of family, and you hear us speaking about family a lot. But then we read it through our carnal minds, and we think it's got to look like whatever your family looks like whether good or bad. But that's not God's way. I can say for me and for Helen, we try everything that we can do to raise our family in a way that honors God. Raise our girls in a way that's going to honor God and it's going to build them into the kingdom. They still need to choose Jesus for themselves, But we, like God has given us the commandment to raise them, to teach them everything He's taught us, we're looking at them as disciples. And even in that place where we're trying our level best, I mean, if you really want to throw the things, I'm leading a church, so surely Rian should know how to do this. But I want to say to you, I have made big mistakes. So even in what looks like, could possibly be, the perfect example and the perfect position and the perfect, there's nobody that's drinking or smoking or swearing. It's like, that's not our lives. It's not how we do things. And even in the place where you could possibly go like, that's what a family needs to look like. I want to say to you, we still make mistakes. And that's why we cannot depend on Our way of doing it and our way of seeing it. We need to come before God and say, God, show me your way. God, show me your way. And then help me how to apply your way that makes sense. And so, even more so for us, that when we are together here, we can't just assume that we know what family is. No, no, we need to look to God, trust in Him through His Spirit. To impart into us what it is. And then as He imparts into us, we need to depend on His Spirit to enable us to what He has imparted and what we have seen to enable to walk this out. And it's only through His Spirit that we'll be able to do it. Because our flesh cannot, our flesh is at war against the things of the Spirit. And so even for me, I want to say to you, I'm not saying these things out of, because this is what I think my family looks like. No, I'm saying, this is what I see God wants. And for me and my family, we're going to go like, Lord, we're not trying to find family. No, we're building family. And building family means each and every one has got space to add. Each and every one needs to make sure that they're throwing their piece in, they're hooking it in, and going like, I'm hooked here. Amen? And it's important, because this thought of family, according to the Spirit, is kind of like, it's a little bit of like a, a double-edged sword. Because we can look at it from just scripture and think that we know. Um, but the thing about that is, is that it comes back and it can actually cause us to know a lot about God and know a lot about family and know a lot, but never actually doing it. And one day when we stand in front of God, we're not just going to be asked, we're actually not going to be asked, what do you know? We're going to be asked, what did you do? And so this morning, for all of us, unfortunately, I'm bringing you into a very precarious position. Because it's not going to be that you're going to stand before God and go like, sure, God, I don't know family needs to look like this. I don't know that this is my place in the family. Because in this, I believe that God is giving all of us place in his family to live out and work out. It's like no one is excluded in this moment. And so, we're moving from here forward, each and every one of us, including me, need to change the way I look at family, need to change the way I approach what I feel about family. But when Rob doesn't greet me, that I go, like, maybe, maybe Rob just didn't see me, he looked over my head, <laughs> which is not very difficult, <laughs> Okay? And so when that happens, then I need to go, okay, I know Rob. I know his heart. I know he loves Jesus. So let me make sure that he gets to see me. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Rob. I've been waiting for that. No, I'm going to make sure that he sees me from my side. I'm not just going to wait for Him to do it to me. No, no, I'm building to Him. And He is building to me. We are building towards one another. And in that, I believe this is where God comes and He gives us grace. He gives us love in our hearts. He gives us the forgiveness of our own sins. To exercise towards other people. So that we can go back. Man, God went more than the extra mile for me. And so because he's done that for me. I will go more than the extra mile for you. I'm not going to wait for you to be nice to me. Or wait for you to love me. Now I'm going to come in and I'm going to love you. And as I love you, I know somewhere Kevin is going to love me back. That's how we do it. Because that love that comes from that place it's the love that comes from Jesus and it's the way that that love works out in us but if we look at these things from a carnal mind actually I'm just going to go Enrico man I always phone you I always invite you over to my house to come and eat by me you never invite me you know what You know what? You don't like me. And we laugh about this. But I want to say to you, this happens. Way more than what we think it happens. See, and it's the enemy comes in. And the enemy presents to us something that looks kind of like noble. And it looks like it kind of should be like that. The enemy doesn't come in and say to you, actually, hi, hey Pierre, I'm going to show you how bad the church is. No, because the moment it comes like that, you will know it's the devil speaking. No, he comes in a 1%, dressed nicely, ah, Pierre, you know, Adam really didn't, he looked funny when he sat next to you. And he, he actually doesn't like you. And Pierre just because Peter doesn't speak to him about it, Pierre left his own thoughts, and he just goes kind of like, "Ah, man, maybe yeah, it's just that." When we look back into Genesis, and we see where, where Adam and Eve was in the garden, the devil didn't come in a way where he's like, "Eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, so you can be powerful and yeah, no." Came very sneaky. And he said, Did God really say? Man, actually God doesn't want you to be like him. That's why he's he's like spreads doubt. And it comes in in that one percent that is off. And that one percent that is off is enough that when you give into that, it's a snowball effect and it just goes and it just runs. And that thing runs all by itself. Nobody needs to do anything anymore. Because, hey, you've taken. And so most of us would know that if I'm 1% off here and I want to go to, let's say, to the coffee shop. And I'm 1% off. By the time even just this distance I get to that door, I'm not going to be hitting that door. I'm going to be hitting that side. But we will leave these things in our hearts. For days For months Sometimes for years Where do you think That leaves you? And here we go Like man Church is not really family They say this thing They want to do this thing But man There's not space for me God is the ultimate taxi Really Really there's always space. There's always space. He drives a bit better, but there's always space. <laughs> there's always space. And the thing is, you won't know if there's space unless you start taking hold of it and start exercising the gift that God has placed inside of you. You won't know it. You'll just always be functioning on the what ifs and the they should have and I never get this and they never. You're not facing reality. And that's kind of like the thing is even when you speak of what Rodney spoke about, about the Christian posture, the normal Christian life cannot happen In isolation. It's impossible. And so let's for a quick moment. And this is kind of just like a side thing. But let's for a quick moment. Just think about the normal Christian life. Happening in isolation. Let's say there's no one around me. And the spirit of God comes. And it falls on me. And it saves me. Because the spirit is teaching me. And the spirit is inside of me. The first things. I'm probably going to be doing is I'm going to go to someone that I see, and I go, like, you know what? Jesus did this in my life. And I want to tell you, He's real. I want to tell you, like, there is no life outside of Him. You can have it as well, Yules. And the moment Yules answers to that thing, my isolation stops. <laughs> because the Spirit of God is still going to be working in me. And the Spirit of God is saying this, the same words that Jesus said when He was with the disciples, is go out into all nations, teaching them to obey the things that I have taught you. And so what happens, because the Spirit of God is in me, the DNA of God flows through me, and His character and who He is, is going to be the thing that I replicate, because that's the effect that it has inside of me. Amen? Amen? And so when I speak it to him, then I'm gonna to say to him, Okay, Yus, now come with me. Come, I'm I'm gonna teach you some of the things that he showed me. And in that moment, even in the worst of cases where you were isolated, you're no longer isolated. It's the normal Christian life cannot cannot exist in isolation. We are meant together. And everything inside of us are going to want to tell you, you can't trust. There is no space. You're not welcome. You're not good enough. Because that's the way the enemy works. It wants to divide. Other scriptures speak about how the enemy wants to isolate us. Like a roaring lion. Like he's prowling around. Like a roaring lion waiting to devour, one Peter five, waiting to devour. Because that's how lions hunt. We all know the story, you've heard it before. It's like they come and they separate someone from the pack, and the moment they can separate it, bam. We were watching a thing with the girls the other day, and it was um, a blow Vibius. Yeah, it's like a blow Vibius. Um, a, bu- a buffalo, yeah. Now, I don't know if any of you have seen a buffalo up close, but a buffalo is one mean buck. Like that that thing, the horns on that thing, like and the f- strength of its, of its neck is so strong, it will rip through an elephant. Like an elephant is thick-skinned. Like you don't want to be, like I've been with some farmers that, farm with Blovolabeas, and they don't climb out of their bucky, it's a buck, but they don't climb out of their bucky, because if that thing's horns, like hooks you, it's like it will rip you completely open, but this Blovolabeas was walking, and he was just a little bit from his back, and all of a sudden, you see young lions coming, and they're going like, <coughs> hello buddy, <laughs> and so the enemy, Scripture speaks to us and says the enemy comes in the same way. The enemy comes in the same way. He wants to isolate you. He wants to separate you. That's his ploy. But somehow for me and for you, we tend to not take note of that. And when stuff happens, we go, uh-huh, see, there it is. But see, it's, we're living according to the flesh. God called us to live according to His Spirit. That is what it means to be in His kingdom. Because we don't live to what just it feels and what it just seems. No, we live according to what God says it is. To what God's plan is. To what God is speaking in the moment where we should look at. That's where we live. I mean? So, it brings us to the ABCs. And the first one is going to be abide. I'm going to read us a scripture, John 15, verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. just going to stop there. Did you hear that? The grape can't form out of thin air. No. The fruit needs to be connected to the vine. Amen? Neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he, it is that be- that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So we come to Jesus. And as we come to Jesus, He opens us up and He connects us to the vine. and We are now connected to Him. But now it becomes the thing of we need to abide in Him. And abiding in God looks a couple of ways. One of the big ways that we abide in God, first of all, is like, Charles, read your Bible. Like if you don't know what the Bible is saying, It's going to be difficult. You're just going to wander around. There used to be a time where we didn't have a Bible. A couple of hundred years ago, there was no personal Bibles. I don't think always we understand. Sorry, yours. I don't think we always understand how privileged we are to have the Word of God on your phone, in a book. Like, man, I've probably got about six or seven different Bibles in my house. And there used to be a time that people were crying out for something for themselves to have a Bible to get to God, to hear what God is saying. And that's where Rodney spoke about um, last week, about the Christian posture. It's like how we look at God. If we see God as God, the one who created everything, the one who holds everything in the palm of his hands, if we truly see him as the creator, the author of life itself, and we come to him and go, wow, God, look at who you are. Then it's in that place that we look at his word and go, "Ah, oh, I don't have to think. I don't have to. Wonder, I don't have to doubt that like God's word is right here and He's given it to me so that I can have life and life in abundance, so that I can know his thoughts, so that I can hear his word speaking to me. But yet we go like okay, let me read Bible this morning. And it's like okay. Mm. Uh, death of John the Baptist. Okay, not that one. <laughs> the Jews destroy the enemies. Oof, okay, wait, wait. I want something about me. <laughs> we laugh, but this is how we do it. Jesus speaks and he says, like people come to the Pharisees. He says, You have the scriptures. A man, that they have the scripture? I was speaking to Shaul yesterday and saying, when we look at the Pharisees and the scripture, they weren't just people that were telling what the word of God is. No, no, they could actually recite the first five books of the Bible off by heart by the age 13. That is what they were trained to do. And so you go like, man, they really had the word of God. Yet they looked at that and couldn't recognize Jesus. So it's not about knowledge. No, no, it's about that. Lord, I want to find you. And so Jesus addresses them and says, you look at the scriptures, but you miss the person that it's about. And so when we come to scripture, it's like, Lord, I want to find you. And it's oftentimes that you read a scripture, and it's not like God says you're going to be amazing and a prophet to the nations and go on. I love you. You're the best that there was in sliced bread. It's not often those scriptures that, in, that like engage us. It's often the things where you read a scripture, and it all of a sudden says a couple of things. Or it says a couple of things, and then all of a sudden it goes, therefore. And you go, therefore. Wow. And then you read after the therefore, and you mean, Wow. And it's the therefore that grabbed your heart. And So one of the ways that we can abide is by coming to God and coming to His scriptures. The second way, we pray. Again, it is one of those things where I think like, we don't realize the power that we have or the connection that we have with God just being able to pray. Just being able to pray. Before Jesus, you didn't have the ability to really pray to God with His Holy Spirit in the presence of who He is. No, you had a a priest that would once a year make an offering for you as a people. That was your connection with God. But yet now we get to come to God, spend time with Him. And again, what is your perspective of who God is? Is He just... Someone like the president, you know he's powerful, you know he's there, you know he makes a lot of decisions, but there's no relationship with him. Or is he a personal Lord and Savior? The one that goes like, hey, Rian, it's really nice to see you. That's something of my experience of God. Like I would just this morning, sitting and praying and going over these things, Man, I, I put my stuff aside because I just felt like the Lord was saying, Rian, it's not about your preacher right now. I just want to be with you. And I'm like, oh Lord, <laughs> that's encouraging. It's like the Lord wants me with Him. He wants you with Him. And He's given us the ingredients. We abide in Him by then reading His word, praying, But we abide in Him by following what He says to us. Giving ourselves to His kingdom that He wants to advance. B, belonging. So abide. We find Jesus comes and He connects us into the vine. And then B is belonging. And that's got to do with you and me. It says... Romans 12: four to five. For as in one body, we have many members. It's like arms, legs, toes, hair in the ear, here in the nose, many different members. And the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ abiding and individually members of one another. Belonging. You get that? Just keep it up there. So we though many are one body in Christ, abiding, we've been connected to Him, and individually members of one another. Belonging to one another. It's like this here gives us a place of belonging. It gives us a place of expressing See, I'm not going to go there. (laughs) When we abide, the natural flow out of things is that we become to a place of where we belong. Because that's how God does it. He connects us with one another. But then what that also means is that God does the connection... But then we need to do the exercise of the giftings. The exercise of being together more. We need to lean into it. When you sit and you just want it to put on, be put on your lap, you're not actually giving yourself to the belonging. No, you're, you're just allowing it to happen to you. But God calls us to this place of where we look at ourselves and we go, me as rian I am part of us as am. Can you say that this morning? (laughs) And We're going to get to how we can say that. I mean, belonging. I don't want to spend too much time on that. C. Contribution. As we come to Jesus, we're connected to Him. He comes and He adds us to one body belonging other people but then the contribution comes to the place of where in the belonging i now don't just sit there and i'm not a parasite you guys remember the thing between a parasite and um, fertilizer now i just don't i don't want to be a parasite no i want to be fertilizer because that's what the gospel does within me i mean and so you see his contribution. It's like, as I abide in Jesus, I become to a place of where I belong in His church, and as I belong in His church and in His family, I find a place of where I can contribute to what God is doing. I contribute because I've got a place where I belong. And I've got a place where I belong, because I'm abiding in Him. So these three things kind of does like a, a recycle service, a uh, circle. It's like, and it just goes. Because the more I contribute, the more I realize, man, I, I want to put this out there: that when you give that word to someone, or you pray for that one person, and you see the lights go on for them because of what you've brought. Immediately in that place, so you've contributed. Immediately in that place, what happens? There's faith that builds in your heart. Ah, Jesus actually speaks to me. And what happens? You go like Lord, I want to know more. Give me again. And so as I contributed, it stirs up inside of me, abiding in Him. And as I abide in him more, I realize that his heart is for his church. His heart is for his children, for his people. And that makes it that when I see his children and his people, like, oh, I'm so much more part of this. Because they are part of me, and I of them. And as we see them, what happens? There's again this thing of, oh Lord, you're bringing something. And I bring that word, and it's again, lights go on. You guys get what I'm saying? It's the base cycle that there is. We can have bad cycles, but this is the base cycle that there is. Abide. Belong. Contribute. Romans 12 6. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. You can't have it more clear than that. Okay? Let us use them. If prophecy... In proportion to our faith. If service, in our serving. The one who teaches, in his teaching. The one who exhorts, in his exhortation. The one who contributes, in generosity. The one who leads, with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy, with cheerfulness. It's like it covers everything and it goes like if you have a gift, basically, if you are alive, there is a gift inside of you, and as that gift is inside of you, use it. Can't have it more clear than that. Amen? Ephesians 4, verse 11. It's the thing that we are built on as Joshua generation and 4.12. This is a value to us. It's what we're giving our lives to. Verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. For building up the body of Christ. Who to build up? The saints. He's given the gifts so that the saints, meaning me and you, will build up the kingdom of God, the church of God, that we'll be building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature, of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried out by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes, not screams, schemes. So I just want to stop there quickly. That first part: until we all attain. Family is not found. Family is built. It's a growing. It's a building. It's a moving forward the whole time together. You, do you guys see that? Verse 15. Rather, speaking the truth in love. Now we're building. I Amen? Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up. Again, building. It's not an is. It starts off as a seedling. It ends off as a tree with fruit. Amen? Rather, we, the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly. Each and every one of us play a part and the heart of God is not that you sit and receive the heart of God is that you function you and me that we function and we function properly each one doing our bit giving what we have and when each part is working properly it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love This is technically a very simple message, but it's not easy attainable, because if we approach this from our flesh and from our carnal thinking, we're probably going to make a big mess of it. We need to look at it from God's perspective, with His Spirit stirring up in our hearts. Amen. So, I'm going to ask us, and maybe the worship team, if you guys can come up. And just there where you're at, I want you to close your eyes, please. <laughs> Repent. There's no amount of change that can come without repentance. These two things that I believe that the Lord showed me that we need to repent of this morning. So if this is for you, I want to encourage you to just take the moment and just bring yourself before the Lord and just do it. First one: our own efforts. Working out family in the flesh. Expecting it to look a certain way. And not actually subscribing to God's way. on being open to Him to show us what is His way and what is His desire for family. And then secondly, I believe where there has been a fence we have taken offense maybe of something that was said to somebody that didn't greet you or you maybe feel like they didn't take note of you in that place to you've allowed offense in your heart to actually go lord i'm sorry i'm sorry lord Help me, God. Help me to build family. Just want to give time. Maybe there's someone here this morning where you're hearing this message of family. you know that you are not part of the vine. You're not connected to Jesus. And you haven't given your life to Him. I want to extend to you the invitation to say that Jesus wants you part of His family. So if that is you here today, where you know you, you are far off from Him, like that scripture said, once you were far off, but now He's brought you close. He's brought you near you are far off from him. I want to give you the opportunity that as we're all in a sense repenting in this moment to be able to join us and become part of this family, part of the kingdom of God. So if that's you here today, I want to ask if you can maybe just just take, get my attention just so that I can see you. The second R we're still all awake As we've repented now we need to come and reposture ourselves change our posture change the way we look at things and the way that we do that is this we wait on God we say Lord I don't know what this needs to look like I've maybe had a good family experience or I've maybe had a bad family experience. I felt abandoned, rejected. God, I don't want to go on that. God, I want to go on what you say family should be like. And I want to go on how you want me to live out family. So God, I'm going to wait on you until you come and do this work in me. I want to wait on you to show me. We ask Him to show us, and then we ask Him to enable us. That's how we reposture ourselves. We wait on Him, we ask Him to show us, and we ask Him to enable us. He gives us everything we need to walk this out. Because we can't do this on our own. We can't do, do this in our own strength. It's by His Spirit that this is done. And then, lastly, as he shows us, we respond. We obey God. We do the things that God has called us to, both in our hearts but also through his word. We look at one another, we believe the best, we show grace, we're patient with one another, we exercise gentleness exercise forgiveness so we respond we respond to the love that is poured out in us and we give ourselves and as we do these things we build this family the one that Jesus made us part of